Thinking Big 10-Year Goals, Season 11, Episode 4. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day you're listening. Uh, I'm Neil, this is... Hayley. And this is Fit Pro Sessions, of course, with it Parallel Coaching. Uh, today, we're going to break the session into two. The first part, we're going to talk about goals. And then the second part, we're going to talk, uh, we're going to give you five questions effectively to answer, to get super clear on your goals. So I suppose today's session is more about you and we're talking about thinking big and you might have heard the you know various quotes or terms around you know thinking big dream big have big goals but what does that really mean and I suppose you could also use today's session for a client if they are struggling or need more clarity in their goal setting yeah I really like that and also like the idea here is that we're now thinking big in our goals whereas often goal setting and the previous goal setting podcasts we've done have been about understanding smart goals been about short long medium term and actually now we're going bigger again we're going all the way up to 10 years I think when we talk about goals and thinking big it can be quite uh, not just overwhelming, but like, are we just making this up? And do, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like by that, like, where am I going to be in 10 years time? Like it's 2023 20, now, correct? Mm. Yeah, that's going to be 2033. You know, why? You know, it, it's hard to conceptualize, isn't it? Or think about, is that the right word? Yeah. Conceptualize and think like, why, why am I giving time, energy and effort and thought now to something that all I, I can or can't or maybe might not be able to control yeah in 10, <laughs> in years, 10 time. years time and that you know might be the reality might not be the reality and but what you, i love about it is it gives you focus it does but then you can have that like skeptical thought i suppose of saying you know well we don't know what's going to happen in the mm. future you know anything ten, could happen anything could happen you know years. in 10 years time you know what happens if x y and z happens in 2027 do you know what i mean like mm. it's hard to Give, direct, like, Give direction. Yeah. And I think that's why very few people, and that's probably a big sweeping statement, don't focus or set long-term goals yeah. beyond that of a year. Yeah, definitely. And I also think, just to go on a, a little ramble with this one, I think if we've historically set, for example, like a New Year's resolution, and then the next year we provide the evidence that we didn't stick to that New Year's resolution, then a one-year goal has evidence to oneself, mm. to ourselves, that we can't pull off a goal even inside a short period of time. So um, why would I ever consider setting a long-term goal? Do it. Well, it's not that we don't believe we can do it. We have evidence that we didn't do it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that evidence helps us formulate beliefs and values thoughts, feelings and emotions over what we do and who we become. And obviously the those thoughts help shape our habits and our behaviours. And it's mm-hmm. our habits and our behaviours that are the actions day to day that pull off the end goal. Oh, I love it because it actually what you just said links to the previous three episodes we've done in this yes. season. We've spoken about self-doubt, procrastination. We've also talked to, what was the last one about? Something, imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Um. <laughs> As Hayley said, like the last three episodes, I could see Hayley's cogs ticking. Like I've, I've, got, I've got to dig myself out of a hole now. <laughs> but they all relate so much to the fact of like, if you previously have not achieved something, your belief as to whether you could achieve it mm-hmm. goes down. Yes. And then down and then down. And actually what we're looking at now is using our ability to set a goal and think big 
and go for a longer term goal allows us to now start pulling out of this self-doubt, mm-hmm. procrastination and imposter syndrome yeah. and allows us actually to start now making the progress towards the life we want to lead. Yeah. I think with a with a yes. kind of a, a slightly shorter term goal, let's just say 10 weeks or 12 weeks as a long term goal or a one year goal, um, you you kind of have to take meaningful, purposeful action very regular, mm. like almost daily. If I want to pull off a 12 week goal inside, inside my fitness or my nutrition, then I have to do something almost every day that gets me closer towards that. Yeah, Whereas with a 10 year goal, those milestone action points don't have to necessarily be every single yes. day. Yeah, they might be monthly, they might be yearly, there might be chunks along the way. We're going to talk about this. Yes, completely. So um, just to kind of entice you in a little bit. But I think that's what f- people find s- scary is like, if I can't pull off, uh, let's just say, a long-term goal of 12 weeks and do something daily, how the hell am I ever going to be able to pull off something across 10 years where my check-ins are not daily, they're every week or every month? Mm. And suddenly you're like, well, if I can't do it in a short time, how am I going to do it in a long time? I like it because actually what we're talking about with these long-term goals is it becomes an ability to set a value or a standard whereby it's assumed that that's your outcome. Therefore, your daily habits and processes have to lead you towards it. So let's just say the assumed outcome is that I have healthy teeth as I go into my older age. Mm -hmm. I'm going to brush my teeth every day in order to make sure I get there. It's an action that I take that gets me to a goal, but you don't necessarily have to think about that end goal every day because the actions get you there. No. And this is what I think is the difference between having a goal or having a dream. Uh And so often you'll speak to someone, and you might be guilty of this too, listening, you might turn around and go, I'd like to do that one day. I'd love to go and do that one day, or I'd like to see that one day, or I'd like to experience that one day, or I'd love to be able to think I could do that. And actually the difference is if it's if you don't set goals and take meaningful action towards them, then it is just a dream. It is just a dream. But then there's a point where, you know, what can you achieve in, say, for example, 10 years or five years? And then we talk about, you know, dreaming big or have big goals. But a dream we can... I suppose in my head I can I can continue to dream and and I end up having this perfect image or vision or experience that I can visualize as a dream mm. but then is that aligned with the thing I want most of my goal mm. and there's that disparity between yes dream big and have big goals yes does, can, yeah. does that yeah I like that does yes. that make sense yeah and and it's understanding what it what it, where do you want to be in 10 years' time? Where do you see yourself in 10 years' time? What does 10 years' time look like? That is you, in fact, dreaming big. Yeah. But if I said dream big, as a, for example, if I said to, uh, to my niece who's six, you know, dream big, when world you've oyster, like, you know, she's going to be the queen. <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? She's going to be the next... I want to be a princess. I want to be Anna. Comple- yeah. yeah, completely. <laughs> and so there's, there's that difference between a dream... Yeah. Where it's not backed by action or where you can't necessarily reverse engineer the dream to back it by action mm. versus a big goal, which can be reverse engineered by taking action. Yes. And everything you do, all the action you take makes you closer towards that goal. Yes. I love it. But it's also about being on the right path. And I like to, if you think about every decision you make every day. So inside our day to day routine, um, you get up in the morning, you make a decision. Do I get changed today or am I going to stay in my pyjamas? 
That is the determination based on a decision you have. That might already be predetermined in your mind, but it's a decision. You decide whether you have breakfast and what you do have for breakfast, whether you have coffee, whether you have tea. Whether you put the blue T-shirt or the yellow T-shirt on. Whether you decide to brush your teeth, whether you decide to go to work, whether you drive to work, whether you cycle to work, whether you take a workout, whether you do... So what you're saying is every action we take is based on a decision, whether Mm. we are conscious or subconsciously aware or unaware of that Decision. decision exactly and it might just be that it's a given you do it regardless it's your routine it's what you do but you've made that routine based on an outcome you want to see in the future mm. so that, Ooh, that's quite powerful i <laughs> see where you're it? going with this so one actually it's about being on the right path and every small decision gets you closer or further away to your goal mm-hmm. so by now having a 10-year goal we're able to just double check our decisions are actually leading us in the path we wanted to and it's a bit like a sat nav If you imagine we're all in London, for example, for ease, and then we want to all get to Edinburgh, there's a... I am no good at directions or geography, by the way. Let's just freak out that. So Neil's going to have to help me with some some things. It's okay so far. It's okay so (laughs) far. There are two locations. But what I will say is if anyone and anyone ever experiences... uh, driving with Haley or being a passenger with Haley or understanding that Haley's in charge of directions, just know we're not going to get there. <laughs> <laughs> but let's just say we can yeah. do that. And we go from London to Edinburgh. Yeah. And we've got this route whereby we um, we know that at every T-junction or every turning, we could turn off that road. We're going to pass thousands, if I don't know, hundreds of thousands of options to change the route. The roundabout, the T-junction, yeah. the junction that you turn into, the cul-de-sac, the whether you turn off a petrol at this station, wherever it might be. All the different things that you could do along the way. And that represents whether you're on a direct route towards your end destination or whether you're taking a detour or yeah. whether you'll get there at all. Yes, completely. Or the time frame in which you'll get there. Mm. Yeah, completely. Or the extra five million miles you have to do to get there. Yeah, but actually if you... We're going off, let's just say, signposts only. You'd need to make sure that you had some, uh, like, what would they be? Bits in between, chunks. Uh, milestones, checkpoints. There you go, checkpoints, there you go. <laughs> um, and they might, uh, this is where it's going to come out bad. What was, what towns would they be along the way? Whatever it might be. Well, you would. You could You could map, map it out and say, well, I'm going to go to Luton, Northampton, Birmingham, up to Sheffield up to Leeds, that way. Do you know what I mean? Like straight up the backbone of a country. And now we're getting towards Edinburgh. So you've got these check-in points along the way. I had a really bad example of using geography. (laughs) I should not have used it. Once Um, Hayley started with geography analogy, I'm like... When uh, point will she mess up? Not mess up, that's not my point. My point would be like, if I'm just going to be quiet just to see how how this unfolds. I'm like, help me. <laughs> you're doing fine you're okay. doing fine so every fork in the road and every milestone you have a thing to verify that you're on track yes if we don't get to that milestone so the first one you said was Luton if I don't get to that Luton milestone and I actually end up in Kent I'm like well you we're, have gone the wrong way we went the wrong way yes completely um, <laughs> and it's a good sign as to whether you're moving forwards in the direction you want and whether you're getting closer to your goal yeah but if we didn't set that 10 year goal in the first place we don't have any direction we're strolling around we're just driving around completely which is which is, uh, you know, something that Tony Robbins, I think I quote Tony Robbins on almost every podcast, to be honest, but it's been such an influential part to, to my development personally. Mm. But he said uh, on, on one lecture we went to, he said that most people 
have repeated the same year mm. 40 times. So he said, you know, it, a person gets to 20 years old. By 20, they've done everything as they've growing up. They've not really been in control of their life to some degree up until 18 to 20 years mm. old. But from 20 years old, you kind of like flee the nest. You perhaps get your own uh, apartment, flat, house, whatever. You move out and you're a, you're a free bird. You're a free spirit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then between 20 and, and 60, that's 40 years. Now, if we don't have big goals in between that and we don't have a path to follow you repeat the same year and so he said something really like struck with me he said you could have a 60 year old that is actually just 21 in their head because they've repeated the same year 40 times so they've actually only developed by one year yeah that's really interesting and then he went into like explaining like you know you could have like a 61 year old that still doesn't really know how to cook or how to shop or what to eat or what a macronutrient is or and you kind of been driving around because they've just been driving around repeating the same year and and you know I've coached you know <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of people now and it and this somewhat rings true because I've worked with all age groups you know let's take a 40 year old they've spent 20 years repeating the same year over and over again and are surprised of how they've got to 40 years old and they're 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 unfit they're unhealthy their nutrition isn't on track and they're like I don't get it you're like well you've repeated the same year 20 times yeah, that's the same thing I said earlier on. You know, we can't be. You know, why would I set big goals if I've got all the evidence that I didn't even complete last year's goals? Yeah, and, and well, I and I go, well, I set new goals this year, and you repeat the same thing, but you don't complete them. And the next year, you're same, like, damn it, I need to set better year, goals. And you might get to February or March or April, but lo and behold, we end up repeating the same year. So we need to have a big goal in order to have a path. And we need along this path to have milestone checking points to say, am I on course? Yeah. Do I need to do something different? And I think that's where people also get a little bit, the heebie-jeebies show up because you could get six months into your 10-year goal and you think, oh, I've got a really course crack now and you have to do something slightly different. Or as you develop, you become, uh, you develop yourself and you, I wouldn't say you become somebody new, but you develop on top of the values and beliefs you already have and you become more educated and you're further down the road and your course corrections could end up leading you down another path towards Mm. your end 10-year goal. I think quite often we can be afraid to take that big course correction Mm. because we've already received results from the last Mm. road or path we've been down and now I've got to make this another new big decision of, well, I've got to go down a different path. Yeah. And you've got to decide to do something different. But if you and don't then, do something different, you'll get what you've always got. And we can't yeah. be surprised in a year's time to yet again still be doing what we've been doing. And that failure of decision, sometimes we're so far into something. It's called the sunk cost fallacy where you're so far into something. You've put so much time and effort into something. You don't want to ditch it and change direction to the other way because yes. we're, we're on our way to Edinburgh and we've already got up to... Give me a town. I don't know. Let's just say we are 50 miles outside of Edinburgh. There we go. <laughs> lovely. And we kind of get all the way up there. And then we're suddenly like, actually... Edinburgh is not my destination. Not I want to go to Glasgow. But because you've just put, I don't know, let's just say 800 miles in the tank. Well, we'll go there now. We, we might as well go to Edinburgh now. We said we would. We've come this far. Yeah. And also people have a lot of fear of failure. Um, there's obviously the fear of success as well. But fear of failure that they fear that they'll set a goal. They'll tell everyone they're going to achieve this goal. And then 
they get to 10 years time and they haven't achieved it and they're worried about what people will say they're worried about what they'll say about themselves um but fear of failure is a biggie that stops people from making any kind of goal in the first place and i think another thing that stops people is um the belief that if they make a goal that they can't change that goal kind of what we just said i suppose in a different way of saying it it. yeah and that's it like you can't change that goal now um and actually it's that ability to say no what's best for me right now is this this but you wouldn't have got started with any kind of focus if you hadn't set any goal in the first place on um last friday Haley and i did a like a keynote uh talk uh for a company up in the midlands up in birmingham and there was a couple of other guest speakers there and one of the guest speakers his i suppose overall his whole presentation was about resilience and about being in business and the premise behind it was his 10-year goal to some degree was to have uh, a stability inside the family Mm -hmm. and he had dreams and aspirations of where he wanted to live and the type of cars he wanted to have and the experiences he wanted to have with his wife and the places he wanted to experience and the type of business he wanted to have in terms of the success of the business as an entrepreneur and the resilience he went through from really like 19 years old um, uh, all the way through to you know his mid forties, I suppose. Of I, I lost count of the amount of attempts or businesses that he started. He got, mm-hmm. um, he uh, I suppose duped by various people. Um, lost incredible amounts. My voice went funny then. <laughs> in, blah, 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 incredible <laughs> amounts of money. You know, hundreds of thousands of pounds. But, you know, if you think about all the course corrections, he, he, he swapped between industries, different mm-hmm. approaches within different injury, in, injuries, um, industries. industries. But ultimately, what I'm trying to say here is, is like he had a firm grasp on what his end goal was. And it didn't really matter what he was doing as long as he was happy and he was on the right path. Mm. But he had to make some monumental decisions to go, actually, I'm not on the right path. I'm in the wrong industry. Change. Actually, I'm not in the right place. I need to change. And I suppose the first, say, 15 years of his career, he was kind of zigzagging from left to right, still believing himself to be on the right path. But every time he changed his direction, the zigzag across this path became shorter. Mm. And if we look back at, say, the last five or six years, from what I remember of the timeline for, for this particular speaker, it was almost a straight line. Yeah. Because yes. every decision he made, he realised what he does want versus what he doesn't want mm. versus the fear of success and the fear of failure. Mm-hmm. And every decision shortened that route towards the end outcome. And I think this is a big message because, you know, like Haley just said, like the sunk cost fallacy, we put so much time, energy and effort in, we don't want to change our mind. But actually, in, you, you, have to, you have to mess up. Yeah. There's a point where you go, I'm I'm on the wrong path or I'm I'm moving at the wrong pace. I just need to be over there a little bit. And it's okay to go over there a little bit and explore it. And it's still okay to come back to the path you've been on. But, okay. you know, if we just stay on the same path, how do we know that that is going to get us to our end goal? Yes, I like it. And it's also... Sorry for the ramble. I love it. <laughs> no, it's really good because it's about that consistency and refining. His goal changed and refined itself. Well, the, but, the end, but the dream big goal didn't change that's the point i'm trying to make here that the outcome goal the big hairy juicy goal didn't actually change but it might look different but how he got there did change radically and i think a lot of people focus too much on the house and that's why it's scary and that's why they worry about failing whereas if you think about that end point that he was focusing for he always he achieved it because he wasn't worried about how he got there no one thing i will add to it though was he did go all in on every attempt Mm. 
And you might think, hold on a minute, this guy lost a lot of money. He, he made mistakes. He almost went bankrupt a couple of times. He had to leave the country on one occasion. You're like, hold on a minute. This is a crazy, hairy ride he's taken. But one thing he did prove was this resilience to say, do you know what? I'm willing to go all in on this thing right now. Um, and, and if he had for any point not gone all in, I don't think he'd be where he is now. Mm. So he went all in on one thing in spite of it not working. And he got to the next thing and go, well, well, I need to change my tact on this. Uh, I'm going to go all in on this now. And he went all in every single time, regardless of the evidence behind him. Yeah. Of that path he had taken, Amazing. whether it be in the right or wrong path. And this might be for yourself listening. You might be like, well, actually, I've changed career once. I've changed career again. I'm never changing career I'm, again. <laughs> I'm in it. Um, but it might now be that you're thinking about going into fitness or maybe you've just come into fitness or maybe you've been in it for a while. And you're like, well, as I'm working through, it's, it's evolving. It changes. But also you know that you still have this set outcome that you wanted to achieve. Maybe that's about being happy in your day or maybe it's about stability in your income or helping others. And this is where it needs to become very personal for your big audacious five or ten year goal. Because let's just say you've started out as a fit pro and you've started a circuit boot camp and you realise, hold on a minute, the reason I got into this job was I didn't like doing early mornings or really late nights. And now all of a sudden you find yourself doing really early mornings and late nights. You've, yeah. you've almost switched your past career problems and you've now put them into your new career problems. Yeah. The only difference is now you're self-employed and don't have anything. You don't have a choice. Yeah. But this is where you do have a choice. Because yeah. just because you started out and you, let's just say you started out doing boot camps. And let's just say you do that for, I don't know, six months or a year or 18 months. And you absolutely loved it and you've got incredible clients. It doesn't mean that's all you have to do for the remainder of your Fit Pro career. You know, you could literally go, um, and it would be, you know, somewhat risky in the, in the grand scheme of things, but you could tailor it and start doing other, putting your actions and, and effort into other areas of fitness and saying, well, I want to do more of this. And yeah. before you know it, over a course of, let's just say, a year, you find yourself doing less of a boot camp, so more of something else. And you accrue the skills along the way to get you Completely. closer to something else that fits Completely. the lifestyle that you wanted at the end of and it. And I suppose... I suppose what I'm saying here is it's very easy to become comfortable inside the thing you create. Mm. And that's but it. it's the thing you create, the path towards your big 10-year goal. And I think that's why a 10-year goal is so good because it allow, by thinking big, it stops you from thinking small. Yes. So if I asked you to go and plan a one-year goal now, most of you, everyone could probably do that. But I bet you think within the sphere that you're already in. So if I was to set a one-year goal, I immediately think it's got to be within parallel. Maybe it's about developing a couple of courses that are already on my radar. Is something that's already possible. It's already like something mm -hmm. inside what your skill set would probably allow you to do. But then if you think about a 10-year goal, it allows you to think outside the box. It allows you to kind of go so much further that you're actually having to dial back into your values about what you really, really want now. Completely. I mean, you, when, you, when you look at a one-year goal, you could say, well, inside the business, let's just say you want to earn, I don't know, £30,000. Um, across 10 years, that's £300,000. Yeah. That's an incredible amount of money. You think, hold on a minute. Like, if I'm capable of doing £30,000 and making £300,000 across 10 years, why is if I just extended that a little bit? Because in the first year, it might be a struggle to reach £30,000. The second year, you just about... It's not a struggle. The third year, you surpass £30,000 a little bit. Now you, you've got seven years left. 
you don't necessarily earn £30,000 in, in, in yeah. each year. For, does it's that make sense? It's not linear. That it's, it's not linear, that it's that amount. So actually, between now and 10 years' time, if you were to look at the compounding effect of your knowledge, the, the, the social equity in your social media, the, 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 the amount of value and content you've put out there for free, the client base, the, the referrals, the back really, catalogue, you could probably say that in the last three years of your 10 years, you're going to earn more than in the first seven years. Yeah. So as a dreaming big, rather than saying, right, I'm going to earn £30,000, that's, that's £300,000 in the next 10 years, you could, I think you could comfortably turn around and say, well, I'm going to earn between 750 and £1 million. But straight away, you're like... I couldn't yeah. do that. I'm not yeah. worthy of that. It's I can't. so far outside your comfort zone. It's That's so why it's a 10-year goal. That's <laughs> why it's a 10-year goal. And not a one-year goal. <laughs> but same with, with in fitness. You know, you could say, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to go and do the um, uh, marathon over in the... Oh, what's I was going to say Desable. Desable, yeah. Or, yeah, said? completely. Or Dragon's Back, or you're going to do some crazy ultra over in the states and you think hold on a minute i, I can't even run five kilometers at the moment so you might think well in year one i'm just going to focus on 5ks then 10ks then a couple of years of half marathons a couple of years of marathons and then a couple of years of ultras and in the 10th 8th 9th or 10th year you're doing these world stage you know multi-day trail events and you're like but if you if you think about that in the long you know and focus on that you're like hold on a minute this is too big i can't I, I, who am i to do that yeah. i'm never going to be able to get there it feels what overwhelming, if I get it feels out of control, out of reach. Completely. Yeah. Nice. And that's why the questions we're going to ask in a minute, the yes. five questions to ask when setting a big 10-year goal are going to help you kind of dive into setting your own goal. Um, you can choose which category you do this setting in, so you might make this career-focused. So, what, again, Tony, Tony Robbins uses this, uses this wheel of life mm. uh, and various other people have... have I've ripped this off and looked at a, a imagine a wheel and it's divided up like a, a piece of cake I suppose and you know you could cut it in half and you've got you know two two categories to look at or you could cut it into quarters and have four categories or you could cut it into eights and have 16 categories did I get my maths right there eights would be eight or six, categories or eight categories yeah 16 <laughs> do you get my point yeah but each slice of cake effectively represents an area of your world or area of your life so mm. if it was four categories I could look at for example health I could look at uh, finances. finances I could look at career and I could look at relationships, relationships. what what categories you look at is entirely up to you um but it's, it's a valuable task. And don't feel like you have to take all of these on at once. So as we go through these questions, I urge you to just set one from one of those categories that suits you. And then once you've got that nailed, then you can think about other categories if you want to. What would be interesting to note, though, is if you had, let's just say, eight categories of your world that you were reviewing and setting a, a big, big audacious goal, all eight categories are likely to point towards one audacious goal. Yeah. You're not going to have a, a, a big 10-year goal inside relationships that, uh, that isn't going to benefit or have a huge level of merit and value towards your fitness. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 exactly. So they should... They, they all point towards Rome. Every every category will end up with, oh, well, it's the same goal. The oh, look, finances the same one goal. relates to the career one, the relates to your health one. Completely. They all come together. They all come together. 
Wicked, should we do these five questions? Yes, go for it. So the five questions to ask when setting a big 10-year goal. First one is what do you want to have achieved in 10 years' time? Now, when we ask that, don't suddenly go, oh, I don't know, 10 years is such a long time away. We've already explained why it's so good to set such a long And that's goal. where the dream comes in because, you know, sit down, close your eyes or sit in, you know, go and sit with, in your favourite bench out in the park or whatever. Have your favourite cup of tea and your favourite mug and just, just take however long it takes just to sit, you know, if I was to fast forward to 2033 what would life look like yeah what would what what would i be seeing right now who would be around me where would i be staying every night what would be the absolute ideal you're not gonna you're not gonna have any compromises you're not gonna say but that would never happen because i've got to look after this person i'm not gonna have that person because i won't Mm. go you know there's a lot of things that are outside of our control i get that but for the purposes of this, for your brain to have this um, this 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 heat-seeking missile to head towards, mm-hmm. it must have a very clear vision. So the first question is, what do you want to have achieved and where are you in 10 years' time? Love it. Second, Second question, question is, what skills are needed by then for you to have achieved it? And your brain is probably going to go, right, if I want to be here in 10 years' time, how the hell should I know what skills are needed? Mm. And, and that's that, okay. And that's okay. There'll be certain levels of different skills as well. So some you'll need to have fully mastered. Some will be you just kind of need to be um, fairly okay at. Others you well, let's might look need at it from the finance perspective. At. If the goal was to earn, for example, thirty k in the first year, you're like, well, what skills do I need? I'm currently, let's just say, earning twenty two thousand. What skills do I need to push that? to get to 30,000. Mm. So some of those extra skills might be better timekeeping. Um, money management. Money management. <laughs> it could be something about marketing. It could be something about um, sales inside your business, for example. Mm. But then as you go through the next year, you hit 30K. You're like, well, I've got those skills. That's fine. And now you're like, well, actually, the accrual of skills compounds over the first two or three years and you're like well hold on a minute i'm, I'm now earning thirty-five thousand and thirty-eight thousand and forty thousand. you're like it becomes a different problem so is this question is somewhat challenging in respect but you don't know what problems you're going to face between years one and ten mm, and that's okay but you point. do need a starting point so the so, question is is what skills do you need to get you started along the path towards your Rome? Yeah, and if you start by listing one that you think you need to have mastered yes. by the end of the 10 years, like, yep. you know, if I get that in 10 years, I will be a master at business or I will be a master at money management or I'll be a master but just, at just working with clients. just to put the pessimistic hat on, you know, a lot of people have those heebie-jeebies come back up when we say you're going to be the expert, the master, the guru. <laughs> we heard that in imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. But it's... But it's also just a thought. It's just a belief that we have that says, who am I to be the master? There's other people that have spent already decades before me and they've not yet mastered it. I want you to just focus on you and say, what's the one thing, the one skill that I must master over the coming years in order to pull this, my goal, off? No one cares about other people and no one... It sounds really harsh on about saying no one cares about your goal either. Only you should care about it. Mm. And the question is, is what do you need to master in order to pull this off? And there's another sub question to that. And that's also list down approximately five skills you need to be reasonably good at. Cool. Now, other things I've looked at have said, well, you could be reasonably good at a skill every year, which would be. 10 new skills along the way 
But actually, I want to set that down to about five because, like you said, you don't know what else you're going to need along the way. So it gives you time and space to go, well, I've got reasonably good at this thing now. I'll move on to something else. And I'm this reasonably is good at this we could have this, this sorry to jump in, we could have this like sliding scale though because you could say, well, what's for one skill I must master this year and my five reasonably good skills? So at the end of a year, you've mastered one skill mm. and that becomes a given now. Yeah. That becomes a given. Belt, that's you. Do you know what I mean? Like, just it's like, you. You, you know, just like one meter is one meter. It's a given. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's a hundred centimeters. It's like, it doesn't matter. It is what it is now. Yeah. So now in the second year, well, I've got my one given. I mastered it last year. What's my new one thing I must master on top of this to get closer again to my end year goal? So you might promote one of your previous year's reasonably good skills mm. and bring that up to master and inject a new fifth reasonably good skill that you must master no. so by the end of the 10 years you've not just mastered one thing and five reasonably good things you've mastered 10 plus things and had at least 50 reasonably good things that all point you towards rome do you know what I mean? Really nice, yeah. And you know that as you're developing, those skills will develop, but mm. your some things become given. Now here's the here's the problem. Oh, it's not a problem, is it? Maybe I just see it like that because that's my belief. Mm. Yeah, bit bit deep that, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but in the first year, I only have one one skill to master and five reasonably good things, and so my rate of progression in the early stages of my ten year goal could mm. feel quite slow. Compared to, let's just say, year eight of my 10-year goal, I've got eight to 10 mastered skills and potentially 40 to 50 reasonably good mastered skills. The results yeah, I pull off, skillful at pulling off that my result. results that I pull <laughs> off, the overall results that I pull off in year eight are worlds apart to the first year. Mm. Now, here's the, here's the problem, is most people don't get past the first year because yeah. they don't see enough results. Mm. If only they were to hang in long enough for that snowball, that compounding effect of pushing that snowball down the hill. Because once you get past the second year, you're like, hold on a minute. This feels very different to the last year. Mm. Third year, different again. And each year, yes, it's 365 days. That's a given. But actually, the compounding effect of that is vastly not the same. Mm. You can't compare year three to year one. You can compare the same 365 days, what you did on the 5th of March one year to the 5th of March the next year. They're the same timeframes. I get that. But the actual thing you pulled off based on the skills acquired across a, a longer time frame, you can't compare results. It's like when a child's going through school, isn't it? They go through school, their aim is to do their GCSEs in year 10 or 11, year 11 yeah. or whatever it is. And as they work their way up through, you go, okay, well, that's year 11. Therefore, if I'd remove 10 years, that starts at year one. Yeah. So they're going up through and at year one, I go, well, I want them to be able to achieve their GCSEs in year 11. Or that's what they say. I want to get my GCSEs in year 11. And they go, well, actually, in order to get there, there's a lot of skills along the way. They've yeah. got a master... Um, no, how to hold a skills, pen. How to hold a pen. The ability to study. <laughs> the ability to concentrate. Exactly. The ability to answer a question on an exam. Exactly. Specific topics. And they don't know what all those things are, but they know that the outcome is to still achieve those GCSEs because they want that final bit that that leads to yes. for the next 10 years. So, um, And you can't compare the work they've done in year one year when 10. they were writing their name and learning how to write it to what they wrote in year 10. You'd look at it and you'd go, cool. Why don't I write my name better? <laughs> I know a lot more now. So the second question is, what skills do you need 
to pull this 10-year goal off, okay, what's that one thing you must master and have at least five reasonably other skills you reasonably must have a good crack at. Yeah. Now, you're, all, all six of those, they must relate. Yeah. They, they, they categorically have to have a trend in them, mm. okay? They can't be, in my opinion, they couldn't be worlds apart because you've now got skills that don't relate to the end goal. Yeah. Things that will get you closer. Third question is what milestones will you find along the way? You know, said differently, like, how do you have a check-in? How do you have a very clear one-to-one with yourself at certain points, time duration, milestone points to say, am I getting closer towards this goal? But also, it doesn't have to be like, right, it would make sense to have them at the end of every year, perhaps at the end of every six months or potentially the end of every quarter because that's what we know to be true in the financial business world. Mm. But you could say, well, I'm actually going to have other periodic milestones that are going to say, how am I actually progressing? Do I need to course correct right now? Are there any, I suppose, alarm bells or beacons that if they were to present themselves, they say I'm not on the right track? Yeah that keep you measured and track. These could be things like a five-year goal, a, si- uh, a one-year goal, like checking that your these milestones are being achieved. But it could be a numerical. You might say, I want to have reached a million people as my 10-year mm-hmm. goal. You go, well, actually, well, I need to make sure then that I check in myself how long it took me to get 100,000, how long it took me to get to 200,000, how long it took me to get to 300,000. Exactly. Or it could be a skills chunk that you use. So once I've then got my degree, I can then tick this one off. Once I've got that qualification or once I've got this skill set, yeah. I can tick that one off. It could be, the, you know, by the time you've got 10 clients, you're at a milestone. You think, right, if I can just get to 10 clients then fantastic and then it might even be real short chunks and say right i need 12 consistent paying clients every week and when i get to 15 and then i go right then i review review. where i'm at with my am i on the right track am i spending am i putting too much effort or time into this am i being you know am i am my prices are right am i putting am i do i feel like i'm getting good return on investment for my time energy and effort you know and then say right i'm going to review this when i get to 20 paying clients per week which would be 80 sessions per month Mm. or whatever it might be so review yeah so you want to set your review points for your milestones completely but set that in advance don't wait until you get somewhere down the line so you can see because if you don't set the milestone review point, point you could go way past exactly. it or you might never get there and you know you might be listening to this we're like no my aim is not to have 10 clients a week i'm currently doing x y and z i'm still i'm still a mum i'm still doing school runs i can't i can't afford to, to have that level of time this still 100 percent without doubt applies to you because your kids aren't going to be the age they are now in 10 years years time and so you can still have a big hairy audacious goal and know that actually let's just say your kids are five you know in 10 years time they're 15 what you're doing day to day now is going to look immensely different when they're 15 they're going to have a little bit more responsibility you you know you're not going to be doing the same thing you are right now and so yes you might be spending less time doing the things towards your end big hairy audacious goal but as the years unfold you're going to have more uh, time and more um, uh, impact on achieving your big 10-year goal we just said it wasn't linear it wasn't it's a compounding effect Mm -hmm. so you might say right my check-in is to say right I want three paying clients every week it might even be four paying clients every month to start off with it doesn't matter where you start providing you start and take action and you have a big three five eight or ten or fifteen year end game 
Yeah, love it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, really. Smart. Otherwise, you're going to repeat. And the then you're ne- starting out. And Else it's just a dream. Otherwise, it's just a dream, and you're going to repeat the same year, year in, year out, and you're going to get to ten years down the line and go, God, I've just done the same year ten times. Yes. You've been on ten different holidays. You've, yeah. you've had ten different Christmases. You've had ten different birthdays. You've had some amazing experiences along the way. But actually, in terms of the goal you thought you could have achieved, you just kept it as a dream. I like that. Right, let's go a bit deeper with these last two questions. Two questions. So the last two questions, um, the number four is, why do I want this and what impact will it have? This I think this is, is so I think if you get this, we're going to do another uh, podcast uh, in the next episode or the one after about your ripple effect. And I think mm. this will help answer this question as well. Yeah. Because I think if you just went like, why do I want it? You're like, oh, I don't know why I want it. <laughs> It's really, it's really hard. And depending on the type of person you are, um, in terms of your personality type, mm. um, you might be able to visualize it better than I. I find the why quite straightforward. I don't. But I am. A, <laughs> I my personality type uh, lends itself. The, the attributes of that lend itself to be able to do that. Mm. Whereas and so, mine aren't. whereas yours aren't, and that's <laughs> the, the okay. The other question I like, which I find easier to answer when I don't understand the why, is what impact will it have. And yes. then that allows me to then go, well, I don't really know why I want to do it, but, but I, I do understand know... the impact yes. it's going to have and that might have more emotional rooting for me. So that'll have an impact on my family or that'll have an impact on these people that I affect through my training or whatever yeah. it might be. I think the if we were to take 100 people out of Tesco's, Sainsbury's, any shop that is available to us. <laughs> yeah, Other shops are Other available. Shops are available. And you asked them why they gave up on their goal and let's just say all 100 gave up on their goal, there would be a clear trend in the top one, two or three reasons would be they didn't know why they were doing it. Yeah. Or their why wasn't emotionally deep-rooted into why they were doing it. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so again, Tony Robbins, you know, and, and Simon Sinek, you know, start with why. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you understand why you're doing it, you don't have to go, I'm, how do I do this? How do I do this? And the moment you face a technological issue or you have to figure something out and you're not techie or you have to go and present something and stand in front of people, you're like, how am I ever going to be able to pull this off? I'm, I'm scared of this. I'm, I, I could never be that person. You're like, but hold on a minute. My why is so deeply emotionally rooted it doesn't matter how I'm going to get there. I'm just going to get there because the why means so much. I love it. Do you know really, what I mean? Really, good. Fifth um, question. Fifth question is, I like this one. This yep. is, I call it the sliding doors effect because you're basically making a choice between whether you stay as you are or whether you choose to change. Ooh. So, um, you know in uh, Matrix when he says the red pill or the blue pill, yep. which one will you take? This is your red or blue pill moment, okay? So if I... I don't want to take any. <laughs> what, what do I take? No. <laughs> don't I, make it. <laughs> so we know what will happen if you do take action because yeah. that's the impact, that's your why yeah. that we've just had. So that's the red pill. That's your red pill. Yeah. Red's but my favourite colour, by the way. blue pill is yeah. if I don't take action now, mm-hmm. what will my alternate reality look like in 10 years? So you could go back and do the same first four questions. So the first question was... Um, what do you want to, or this would be, what have you achieved in 10 years, years. basically? Oh, and then the blue pill would be, what haven't you achieved in 10 years? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what would life look like if you don't take action? Well, like we said, it's the same year repeating itself. Yeah. It's the same thing. I've not achieved the thing. Yeah. I will always Second think about question. it. Second question. What skills are needed by then? So the blue pill is like, 
what skills haven't I acquired? How, and you basically find out you got the same skills. You got the same you skills. Had. Yeah. And um, what milestones will you find along the way? Well, none because you've not. Because been instead forward. of going from London to Luton to Northampton to Birmingham to Sheffield to Newcastle to Edinburgh, you've basically just gone spent. The M25. You've just gone around the M25. Brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Next question. Um, why do I want this? Or you don't know what you, is you want, so you've just stayed on the M25. And you chose not to make a decision. And you chose not to make a decision, which was be the blue pill. No, 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 and no. I like this sliding doors, red or blue pill, because it allows your brain to see that there is this dichotomy of taking action. When do I take it? Well, I can choose to take the red pill or blue pill. When do I take it? Well, you get to choose that as well. Mm, it's all your choice. But one thing I do know is it's far easier to select the red pill on the answer of question four is mm. why do you want this and how much impact will you have? Yeah. When that is is stacked upon multiple answers, not just for one answer, I want to help more people and get them, you know, help more people, whatever it might be. If you have a list of 50 strong answers, you think, my God, this is going to actually be a task. Like your five, 10 year goal is worthy of quite a considerable chunk of time to mm. get clear on. You know, if you wrote down, 50, at least 30 to 50 reasons why you want this goal, your brain has no other option than to take the red pill. Yeah. yeah Do you know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And also, if you've chosen the blue pill, then it's a sign you probably need to tweak your goal. I mean... On... Because it's not exciting and you don't want to take it. No, completely. There's a great book by Dr. Uh, John Demartini called The Values Factor. And it's a great book because it allows you to get really clear on what you value most. But on every, every question he asks you to do um he, he literally says write down 30 50 on some cases 100 uh, uh examples of why you believe that to be true nice. and you're like hold on a minute i can't write down that many hold on a minute is that a belief <laughs> is that a value then <laughs> yeah. but when you do start to stack up and it's effortless to just reel off multiple answers of why do i want this how much impact will i have mm. You're like, hold on a minute, I am emotionally charged. On those ones with a big list of the things that you're Completely. most excited about. So if we were to yeah. take, again, 100 people out, out of a shop and, and they were very, very, very clear on their five or eight or 10 or 15 year, year goal, none of them rely on motivation. None of them rely on motivation in any capacity. What they do rely on is the discipline to review their goal daily. And the one thing they review are the answers to these five questions. And when they get to question number four and they review and they keep adding on every single day, imagine if, imagine if you wrote down 50 reasons why you want this goal today and then you had the discipline to review them every single day to emotionally charge yourself, which meant you didn't, your business or your health or your relationships or your spirituality gave zero hoots on how you felt but it relied on the discipline of emotionally charging you with why. And every day you just added one. By the end of a year, you've got your 50 plus 365. You've got 415 reasons why. Yeah, amazing. The following year, you've got another 365 reasons, which <laughs> is what? Which is what almost had. on top of the other 415. So what's that? Almost six, That's 700 and something. Yeah. Can you imagine like every day just adding one? Yeah. And across for 10 years, you're like, that's why I'm here. But also all of that That's action, my reason, that's my meaning, that's my purpose. All of that listing of, of reasons and taking action 
is really powerful because it's focusing you all the time. It's reminding and focusing, reminding mm. and focusing. And if you've ever come across a successful person or a very driven person, let me phrase it that way, come across well, no. a very driven person, you're like, they're really driven. What is it that keeps, like, they really want yeah. that thing. They just keep going for it. You know, like a dog with a bone. They mm. just keep <laughs> yeah. going. And actually, Finn with a ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's because they're focused. Yeah. They're, they're going to make the right and, path. And I think you corrected yourself on success, but everyone's meaning of success is different. Mm. You know, we could look at it and say, right, success is having a successful business, having successful in health, wealth. But it's not. Success is whatever your goal is. It's success in any one aspect. You know, we talked about the dividing up and and reviewing certain areas. So asking these questions inside health or nutrition or, or finance or business or relationships or spirituality. You know, success is across the board. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's whatever you want it to be, whatever you define it as. So yeah. we don't need to kind of say that some success is bad versus other success is better. Yeah, nice. It's, it's, it's whatever you want it to be. And that's the idea of setting your goal. And you? that's okay. It's your yours. Your 10-year goal is your success rate. Exactly. Nice. Completely. Good. So hopefully those five questions have started to help you think about thinking big. Yes. Thinking big, setting your 10-year goal, and also allowing yourself to have a focus, allowing yourself to be rooted in something that you can go, it's okay, I'm going to let myself want that thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let myself aim towards it. Rather than wanting for nothing, which is a, a phrase that I hear a lot. Oh, I don't they'll want, want any. For, they'll want for nothing. I don't want anything. And they've got everything they need. And actually, it's a case of, it's okay to want something. It's it okay is. to move towards something and have a goal. But you don't necessarily need to have your 10-year goal. You want your 10-year goal. Mm. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. who you become. Yeah, exactly. And it's who, who you become along the way. Which is what I like about this skills check as you're working mm-hmm. your way through. Yeah, completely. Um, wicked. So um, I would like to know what your big takeaway has been. I'd also love to know any uh, details of your 10-year goal. If you want to share it and you have maybe a 10-year goal you want to share with us, please do let us know what that is. There's a link alongside these show notes that you can send us a message. Yeah. You can pop it inside our Inner Circle Facebook group or you can message us directly um, or email us. Either of those is fine. Yeah. Sometimes it's really nice to share your... Your, your big aspirational goal with somebody that isn't necessarily connected to you they are disassociated to you mm. so like I, I have got some goals and I've not necessarily shared them all uh, with Hayley I think Hayley's very aware of them based on what I do every day <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but actually uh, articulating them is is sometimes easier just to be it's, it's okay to keep them to myself but I've spoken to close friends about my goals mm. in a different way because it falls on their shoulders in a different light. Yeah. Because there's uh, maybe less judgment, there's less emotion, there's less like the questions that somebody else that's not associated with you, perhaps they're not even going to ask you a question back. They're just going, that's brilliant. I love that. Mm. Do you know yes, what I mean? Well. Or and, ask you a question or not ask And that's why it's nice to hear your 10-year goal because it's going to land on our desk, land on my shoulders. And I might ask you a question back or I might just... Might just go and love just it. Go and love it. Do you know what I mean? And and sometimes it's really nice to articulate it because you learn what you hear yourself say. And what I mean by that is it becomes even more a reality when you've said it out loud or you've typed it out loud for somebody else to hear. Nice. It didn't just stay between oh, the six it inches. Concrete, it? it becomes you better articulated. You've, it. A, you've actually put it into reality. Mm. There's an actual document, a message, a text, an email that says this is my goal. Yeah, so which you, is quite scary and, to commit you know, to for some people. I'm not, and, but I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of the, the book The Secret big, with, by Rhonda Bryan because, you know, if I think happy thoughts doesn't mean that I'm 
any any of my goals are going to come real. Yeah. You know, if I've got weeds in the back garden, I can't just think happy thoughts and they go. I have to get off my arse and actually go out there and cut them down. <laughs> yeah. So, but what I do like about this is by writing it down, you've done the first thing from visualizing it to actualizing it. You've 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 told the universe actual re- there's evidence on my screen from you. So you're focused on this and working towards it. And this is my intention. And like when intention is met with action, that's when results start to pull off. But you first must put the intention out there. You can't just keep it locked up in a fort because forts aren't real. Love it. Boom. Good. Let us know your big takeaway. Yep. As always, drop us a five-star review inside iTunes uh, or whatever platform you're on. And um, I'd also love you to share this. So um, let people know that you've been listening to the podcast by popping it on your stories, maybe a screenshot of where you are listening to it, or maybe if you want to share your 10-year goal on there, yep. you're welcome to, and uh, tag us in. And with that, we will see you bright and breezy on the next episode, which will be later this week. See you okay. later. Bye.